The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bennett Hip at Bennett Hip. Christmas is over. It's done. I always hate when Christmas ends. It's so cheesy and very sentimental, Bennett, but I do. I miss it. I, I, I like this time of the year. I went to Disney World with my kids, took the wife to New York for her Christmas gift for three days, came back, hosted everyone at my house for Christmas. It was fun. And then it's just over. See, that's the big problem with Christmas is you have this build up, build up, build up, and then it's a day and it's done. And the only thing you can do is be depressed. So what a way to start. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm the same way. I love Christmas. Um, I like to build up to Christmas, all that kind of stuff. Um, But you're right. You have the big day. You have Christmas Eve. You have Christmas Day. You have family stuff. Do the presents. Then it's done. And, you know, you got to head back to work. You got to head back to doing everything else. And it's just you're waiting around until next year. So I'm, I'm with you. It's definitely... Big build up, a lot of fun, and then it's over, and you're just, you know, having real fast. Monday was a year in review for 2018. Today is a look ahead to 2019. What will 2019 bring? We're going to peek into our crystal balls, and we're going to make some predictions. The podcast brought to you by El Agave Mexican Grill. Look, everybody knows at this point, there are Mexican restaurants all over Oxford or all over New Albany if you're a fellow New Albanian with your friend Ben. So how can you pick 
which is the best one? Which do you know to be the place to go for the best food, the best drinks, the best atmosphere? El Agave Mexican Grill is the only place to go. At El Agave, there's top-shelf Mexican food and a cantina in Oxford, and both of their family-friendly restaurants and cantinas offer the best Mexican food around. Their atmosphere is warm, inviting, so you and your family can make yourself at home. It's great Mexican food that starts with high-quality ingredients and careful preparation. Their kitchen gets busy early every morning because they start from scratch every day making fresh salsa, boiling chilies for their signature homemade red and green chili dishes, slow-cooking their lean cuts of beef and pork, and then pouring the broth off into their homemade sauces. There's nothing like having a full house of folks for over for a great Mexican fiesta. So come on over. It's El Agave in Oxford and New Albany, 2305 West Jackson Avenue in Oxford, 650 Park Plaza in New Albany. It's the best Mexican food and margaritas in town, from street tacos to the burger, which is one of my very favorites. The very best margaritas in Oxford. So many specials. Stay for the food and the experience. El Agave Mexican Grill. It starts out very clearly like it did with the 2018 year in review. What will be the best moment? When you look in your crystal ball for Ole Miss in 2019, mine, Ole Miss baseball is going to get out of its regional and go to a super regional. That's my early peak. That's what I see. I'm pretty similar. I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, super regional Omaha, whatever. I just know that team's going to be really, really good. And and I think you know, there's so much focus on result, and obviously it's justified. You have to get out of your regional when you're a national seed. Um, but I'm, I'm very much a believer in putting yourself in the position to do really well. And Ole Miss baseball last year did as well as you can do in terms of putting itself in a position to win. You, you win the SEC tournament. You're the number four overall national seed. Um, you do this and that. And it didn't work out in the regional. But, you know, you compare that to some teams who went on the road as a two seed in a regional and won it, went to a super um, you know, that's all well and good. And the result is definitely better, but give me the team that can process themselves into position again. I think Ole Miss is going to be a top five, top 10 national team and, um, going to be right in that same spot as they were last year, hosting a regional, um, and being a team that can absolutely go to Omaha and make some noise. So I, I think put yourselves in that position and, and then just have to, you know, obviously take advantage of it. I said, I wasn't going to admit this publicly I mentioned that on Monday but I have to say it today I believe this baseball team and I'm not trying to build you up to dash your dreams you asked for my honesty and for my honest unbridled opinion I believe this baseball team will be every bit as good as last year do I think that the record will reflect that not necessarily but I do believe this team up and down will be every bit as good as last year and I know they lost their entire weekend rotation but assuming Will Etheridge is the Friday night starter, assuming that one of uh, Jordan Fowler or a newcomer or uh, uh, any number of a Houston Roth or a Greer Holston takes over on Saturday and then maybe a Gunnar Hogland takes over on Sunday, their rotation is going to be good and they're still going to have depth in their in their bullpen and they're going to have a good closer in Parker Crazy and their lineup pretty much all returns. Now, Cooper Johnson has to be able to hit and he has to have those those – defensive lapses they have to disappear no more pass balls but if cooper can catch on a consistent basis with thomas dillard sprinkled in their entire lineup returns yeah i think they're going to be pretty pretty deep and versatile 
in terms of the lineup and defensively have a lot of options can mix and match Anthony Servideo playing second and actually leading off it'll be good yeah I mean they can do a lot of things I think they're gonna they're gonna be really deep and and one of those lineups is gonna be a a, a really a hard thing to pitch against um because one through nine they're not many easy outs um and we're at the point in this in Mike Bianco's tenure where you know yeah they lost their some arms from last season I but as we've seen basically every year he pieces it together. They always have good pitching. Um, they're going to do it again. You know, they, they've got a lot of quality arms and it's about finding the right roles and the right spots for them. But I, I trust Mike Bianco to have a good pitching staff. And with you pair that with, you know, the talent they have defensively and the offense they have in the lineup and you put that all together, I think it's a really good team and, you know, put yourselves in the same spot, you know, be a national seed, and again, just go ahead and, and if you do that, you're right there. And it's just about taking advantage of the opportunity at that point. What is going to be the worst moment for Ole Miss in 2019? We got to throw some grinchiness into this a little bit. I know it's post Christmas. I mean, I think worst moment, I, I think, you know, we'll see. I mean, for me, I think it's going to be they're not going to go to a bowl game next year. I, I think, you know, I, I think I see Ole Miss as a five and seven football team. Um, you know, yeah, for some I, that'll be a good thing. I don't think so, though. I, I think had recruiting gone well um, in the early signing period, um, they probably could have sold five and seven as, hey, we 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 lost, you know, multiple first round picks and we lost a lot of NFL guys. Uh, retooled the staff and we held water. We're five and seven. We're turning in the right direction. Blah blah blah. Um, but I think you know, with recruiting not going well. I think five and seven being sold as progress um, is going to be a tougher sell. And, and so I think another year without a bowl game, another year of, you know, losing big rivalry games. Um, I, I think it will just, you know, I think that's just going to be hard for, for Ole Miss to really overcome. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think fan enthusiasm is going to be very high. And I, and I think the schedule sets up to where kind of like last season, um, they can, you know, rack up some wins early and then again struggle down the stretch. I don't, I just don't know that that's tenable again for another season without things getting really bad. So I think that's that's a pretty big kind of negative for me looking ahead for 2019. The question, if that were to happen, is if Matt Luke doesn't make it to 2020, and I, I don't think a losing season will allow for him to get 2020. And I know that he's making staff changes. It's going to get up to at least four. There are three at three already after Mo leaves for Liberty. They're making the OC higher. But if you go four games, five games, there's not that good of a chance you're making it to 2020. Well, I think I think it's tough because you know they start off at Memphis and you got to win that one. You you can't have any semblance of a of a strong 2019 as a football program losing that opening game. But the issue for them, again, is even if you beat Memphis, say you beat Memphis, you beat Arkansas, you beat Southeast Louisiana, you know, you have Cal coming to Oxford, and then you have Alabama, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Texas A&M, Auburn, New Mexico State, LSU, and Mississippi State to end the year. There just aren't many wins there, you know. So even if we give them um, Memphis and Cal, which I think is a bit much because Cal is a really good football team, even if you give them the four non-conference games and you give them uh, one of Vanderbilt and Arkansas, that, I mean, that's five wins. Um, even at that point, that has you losing 
um, your last one, two, three, four, five. I mean, you know, losing six out of your last seven. So I, I just the schedule sets up to where again, the part of the issue with last year is they rack up wins early and they lose out. I think they're going to have another situation where they lose a bunch of games in a row to end the season. And the fan base is just going to not accept that. And and it'll be up up to Ole Miss to decide financially what they can do in terms of making changes, holding, you know, holding key, whatever you have to do. Um, And adding into that, um, do they have a chancellor in place? When is he in place? What does he do with the athletic director? All sorts of stuff. I think that thing gets really complicated um, and really ugly if that season goes five and seven with a bunch of losses down the down the stretch. If the right people, money people, are motivated, covering for buyouts and things won't be a problem. And if you're gauging the current climate of Ole Miss athletics right now and Ole Miss football in particular, I don't think that motivation for generating that money will be a problem. The thing that I come back to is. This season was so important, the 2018 season, because you had a built-in ready-made roster to go compete and win games. So if you wanted to build momentum or have some marquee wins, this was the year to do it because 2019 was always going to be roster Armageddon. And they got some talent coming back, and I believe Matt Corral is going to be a good player. But if you were hinging on 2019 being the year that generated the optimism for you if you're Matt Luke as the head coach, that is a dangerous, dangerous road to take. Because 2018 was supposed to be that, and it was a mess. Right, and I think it's I think it's just tough. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if you could pencil in four non-conference wins, and then you know, say you knock off Arkansas, who's going to be better, um, and you knock off Vanderbilt, who you get in Oxford. They lose um, their quarterback. They lose some guys. Um, but Derek Mason is still going to be there. Good coach, does well against Ole Miss. I think in that situation, you could probably get to six, and you get to six, and it may not be pretty, but you go to you know the Birmingham Bowl or wherever, um, you know, and it, it at least gives something of progress. Say, hey, we haven't been to a bowl in a while. We're back. We're doing this. We're doing that. Um, it's something to build on. But the fact that you play at Memphis and you have Cal who was really good this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you, you can't pencil in four wins before the season for, for a non-conference game. So it just makes things a little bit tougher for Ole Miss because if you drop a game in the non-con or you drop two, um, you know, finding a couple of conference games to pick up to replace those to get to six, it's just the, the math doesn't really work out. So it's um, it, it's just a tough deal for them. That's why my worst moment in 2019 is going to be losing to Memphis. I can just see it. I can feel it in my bones. See, I, I think they win the game. I, I'm not, um, you know, Daryl Henderson's going pro. Um, they have some running backs back. Tony Pollard's really good. I'm not a big believer in Brady White, the quarterback. I don't think he's that good. Um, I can just feel this in my bones. I, I Look, I've heard all these things before. It's like when I remember. No, I, I totally understand. Our buddy totally Sudu is a really funny dude. And he used to work with us, the Ole Miss spirit. And I remember when Ole Miss went to Memphis, and I said, man, I just feel in my bones they're going to lose to Memphis. He's like, Ben. And he just laid out how bad Memphis was, how much better Ole Miss was. And then Robert Kimdichie got concussed, had injuries. All these things happen, and Ole Miss gets his ass beat. No, I, I totally get it. I just um, feel it in know, my bones. They're going to they're gonna be up for that game. It's going to be a big game for them. They're going to remember what they did the last time Ole Miss came to Liberty Bowl. 
Um, it, it's going to be a big deal for them. And, and, you know, like I said on the previous podcast, it's going to be a miserable viewing experience for Ole Miss fans. But I, I think Ole Miss, a lot of that is dependent on making a good hire at offensive coordinator and that offense coming out early and working from the get-go. Um, so it's it's definitely not going to be, you know, some of those Memphis games from the past where Ole Miss just goes in, blows them out, and you move on with your season. It's, it's going to be a fight. That's a that's a good Memphis program. Mike Norvell is a good coach. Um, and, you know, some of the things they do well, run the football, um, explosive plays down the field. If Ole Miss's defense hasn't been, you know, improved over the offseason – um, that's how you exploit Ole Miss's defense, and, and Memphis can really run up some yards on the ground and um, keep Ole Miss's offense on the field or off the field. So there's a formula there for sure for it to get real dicey real quick. Athlete of the year in 2019 will be. It's easy to say Matt Corral. It's easy. I'm going to do an extension of our Monday podcast and say Brian Tyree finishes off an all-league caliber year and Ole Miss makes the postseason in some form. I'm not saying the NCAA tournament. That would still surprise me. They they do have the opportunity to control their own destiny by being 10-2 and two after they beat Florida Gulf Coast, going into the conference schedule. They got Iowa State on there. You go 9-9 nine and nine in the SEC, and it's the right nine and have 19 solid wins. And if you somehow beat Iowa State and get to 20, you are an NCAA tournament team. That will be an NCAA tournament team. Again, I, I stress the right nine and a win over Iowa State. Anything less than that, it's going to be hard. But I think Brian Tyree is that player that leads Ole Miss in an all-league year to a postseason appearance that no one really saw coming. Yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's more likely you probably – if you go 9-9 nine and nine and get Iowa State, I, I still think you probably have to go to Nashville with some work to do. Um, the, really? The league, really? Like if you win one against State or you, you get – like really? Yeah, because the, the SEC is not as good this year as it was last year. Well, that's why I said the right nine. The right nine, but – if you're getting only nine, like, are you losing the game at South Carolina? Are you splitting against Georgia? What is like, at, of, if you lose at Vanderbilt, does that hurt you? No, I don't think at exactly. Vanderbilt hurts you. But I think, it, you know, if you're only getting nine, again, if you're dropping one to Georgia or if you're losing on the road to South Carolina, those are both sub 100 Kimpom teams. Right now, Georgia is 129, South Carolina is 117. Um, I, I think. And, you know, last season, the great thing about the SEC was there was not a bad loss. You know, in reality, Ole Miss was the bad loss for teams um, because of how their season turned out and, and how they went down the stretch. I think if you're Ole Miss this year, there are a couple of teams where you don't really want to lose that game. It's not going to kill you. It's not like the years past where, you know, Mississippi State and teams like that were, you know, Ken Palm way, way down. And that was that ended your your resume. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's not as strong as it was last season. So I think I think at nine and nine, even with Iowa State, you're probably still going to Nashville, needing a game or two to to feel real good about it. But what about ten and eight then? What about ten and eight? I think ten and eight probably. I think you probably need to go to Nashville, win one game to feel good about it. But again, we'll see how the how the bubble breaks. You know, last year. The bubble was not very good, and there have been years past where the bubble has not been very good. If it's it one feels of those like years, the bubble hasn't been good for quite some time, quite frankly, like the last yeah, years. And, and so you know, if the bubble is weak, um, you know, then obviously maybe ten and eight, nine and nine, you know, feels better. But I, I think if you're old Miss, um, even at ten and eight, I, I think you still have some work to do in Nashville, um, just because um, you know you, you've got some good wins. But, you know, we'll see what Baylor does for you. They've got a couple of bad losses. 
um, Texas Southern, Stephen F. Austin. They have a good win over Arizona. They beat Oregon on Friday the, the 21st. Um, so that, that you know, we'll see what they do in conference play. Um, but I, I think uh, I, I think you're right. Though. I think Brian will be um, you know up there for sure. I mean, for me, I'm going to trend toward baseball. Um, I'll go Thomas Dillard or Will Etheridge, one of those two. Um, I, I, I really like Will Etheridge in terms of stuff and potential. I think he can be a really, really good pitcher for them. Um, and if they're a top five, top ten team and he's leading them out on Friday nights and putting them in position to win, um, I think it's hard for it not to be him. And, and if, if Thomas Dillard's leading that lineup, um, I feel pretty good about him as well. So I, I would trend toward baseball for me. The podcast brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. It's the holiday season, and now is the time, if ever, to go get a new car. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is the place to go, and they've got deals going, year-end deals, clearance for those of you out there looking for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Also, a commercial truck sale for you business owners. They're loaded up with Jeep Wranglers, Grand Cherokees, and Cherokees all priced to move right now. So make sure you're taking advantage of this unique opportunity, holiday end of the year opportunity with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. But simply buying a new car is not the only service that Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram provides. If you're having some car trouble, if you need some advice, go visit them. Brian, Mason, ask for them. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you, and they're going to make sure that you're taken care of. Addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect care, and attention to detail. You can give them a call at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. It's deal time in the holiday season. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The podcast is also brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy. Who doesn't want a friendly neighborhood pharmacy? Fortunately for my Oxford people out there, or even those who live in surrounding towns and counties like me, Cheney's Pharmacy is just that. Brent Smith and family are passionate supporters of Ole Miss Athletics, season ticket holders, Vault Society members, but more importantly, Cheney's is a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years, and they've progressively stayed current with trends in pharmacy, business, and even with all they have to offer, including a very unique boutique-style gift and home selection. When you call Cheney's, you'll speak to a real person. Look, man, there's nothing that other places offer that Cheney's doesn't offer or hasn't been offering and delivering to you with a local flair for some 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call for all your pharmaceutical needs at 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard that's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays and you can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Who is the player that breaks out in 2019? Mine, I'm sticking with baseball. I'm saying Anthony Servideo. He had a monster summer in the Cape, had a great fall league season, He's going to start at second base, pairing him with Gray Kessinger for the best defensive middle of the infield in college baseball. I think he can be a galvanizing force at the top of the lineup. He's more advanced now hitting-wise than he was as a freshman. I feel like Anthony Servideo is positioning himself to be the breakout star for baseball. And if he does that, and if they're every bit as good as they were last year as a team, which I think they will be, he could be an impact guy for a team that wins a regional, for example, gets to a super, maybe even takes them to Omaha. I think he has that kind of ability. I think he's a great pro prospect, and I think Anthony Servideo has got that potential right now. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think off the top of my head, that would kind of be where I would trend to as well. Um, and then football, I think it's obviously – I mean, I, I think Matt Corral, um, if, if Ole Miss is going to be good next season, 
and you know at least make progress, be fun to watch, be explosive offensively. Uh, Matt Corral is going to be the the main part of that happening, and so I think um, we got a little bit of a taste of that. And th- this past season, played played his four games or whatever. Um, but I think we kind of saw the potential. Now it's about a whole season of that. So I think it very very easily could be him, and Ole Miss could have him to kind of sell going forward as saying, hey, this is what he did as a redshirt freshman. You know, come back and see what he does as a sophomore. It's going to be even better. So uh, I think if you were to go somewhere else besides baseball, I think I think Matt Corral would make a lot of sense. If I was going football, I have been ringing this bell for five years. Octavius Cooley. Octavius freaking Cooley. He started to kind of fulfill the prophecy midway through the year when he had like one big game. And I finally felt, oh, validated. Like he was such a good high school player. And and there was to me, he was one of the most slam dunk, obviously going to be good from day one players. And yet it took three years for him to do anything. And Dawson Knox is gone. Behind him is Jason Pellerin and Gabe Angel. Maybe they add somebody in February. Octavius Cooley, they're going to hire an offensive coordinator that showcases the tight end more, I would assume. Octavius Cooley. I am going to stick with it. I'm going to, I'm going to ride that bull till it bucks me. Octavius Cooley. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the point where it's purely just I'll of believe it when I course. see it. Of um, course, and you should be. This is me being stubborn to a prediction I made four years ago. Yeah, I hear you. No, I, I think it's possible. I, I think any, I think there are numerous guys on that offense, whether it's a Miles Battle, um, guys like that, you know, Elijah Moore, um, any one of that offense, can, I think, I think can break out. But I think it's all going to come back. If one of those guys does break out, it's because Matt Corral is good and fun and exciting. Um, so I think it'll all come back to him. Yeah, Matt Corral will kind of make or break Octavius Cooley. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Number fifteen. It's time. It's time to make Ben's bold prediction come true. Let's look at bold predictions for 2019. It would be such an easy bold prediction to make to say that Matt Luke doesn't survive to 2020. That's not a bold prediction right now. The way things are trending, he's he's gonna. It's a prove it year. It's a year three. I know that everyone says it's not, or that matters says it's not. Like Ross Bork was on this podcast saying that it's not year three. It is year three. So. I I don't know which way it'll go. I would tend to say that he'll be back in 2020 if all things equal and Ross Bork is the athletics director and the leadership's the same, he'll be back in 2020. But if it's a disaster, you're going to be hard-pressed to keep Matt Luke as your head coach. That's not a bold prediction. So my bold prediction is Kermit Davis is going to sign two top 100 players in November. Yeah, I was I was going to trend there as well. I, I think he gets a five-star next year. Um, whether it's, you know, whether it's, I think it's going to be Jamie Brakefield, whether that's in the 2020 class or if he reclassifies to 2019, whatever he does, um, I think Ole Miss has a really good shot there. So I'll take a chance and say that they're able to finish that deal off. Um, going to be pretty popular, especially if he wants to reclassify. Um, but I think Ole Miss has done a good job getting in there early. Um, you know, basketball kids can take multiple official visits to the same school now. So Ole Miss used one of their official visits for him um, this past fall. So I, I think um, that's where I'll go as a bold, bold prediction there. Biggest storyline you see coming in 2019? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I think uh, I think it'll be basketball. I, I think, you know, if, if what Unless something think, happens with Matt Luke, it'll be basketball. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the easy one. Like, you know, changes for Ole Miss, at the coaching staff for, for football. 
But if it's not that, I, I think it'll be about excitement for basketball um, because I think Ole Miss is going to be pretty good this year um, and they're going to be able to build off this season. And then if, you know, if what we think happens and they can add some impact guys in recruiting, um, you know, whether it's reclassifying for, for 2019 or, or guys in the 2020 class, I, I think the momentum around Ole Miss basketball um, combined with the apathy around football is really going to make what Kermit Davis's program looks like a big deal and a big kind of rallying point and, and really um, get back to where it was a few years ago where, you know, when Ole Miss went to the tournament, beat Wisconsin, almost basketball was a big deal. It was fun. It was exciting. Um, I, I think Ole Miss, you know, I think there's a chance that um, that can happen again. And the excitement builds up around that program and becomes a pretty big deal. Um, so I think it's that. And, and then obviously um, what happens with baseball, because if they get to Omaha, it's a big deal. And if they don't get to Omaha, this is a fan base that um, is going to really be, you know, there's a lot of tension, a lot of anger, a lot of apathy last season after the regional loss. Um, if they, if they don't, if they underachieve in the postseason again, I, I think it's going to be a really big story in terms of what does Ole Miss decide to do with baseball? I, I'm a big Mike Bianco guy. I think he's a great coach. I think he could stay at Ole Miss as long as he wants to, but there's a, a vocal portion of the fan base that is going to be very loud and, and very angry if Ole Miss doesn't um, have make noise in the postseason again. So I, I think that could be a pretty big storyline as well. It'd be the same thing as with Andy Kennedy at the end of his tenure. Yeah, you've done all this good, but – I guess, point. but but I think I think Mike has built up Ole Miss baseball. Oh, it's, it's his program. Level. He made Ole Miss baseball is Mike Bianco. Look, I, I, you can take issue with a number of different things, like the adherence to bunts and stuff like that, and you can have issue with in-game strategy and stuff. But look, Mike Bianco's forgotten more baseball than I'll ever know. So Mike Bianco created Ole Miss baseball, made Ole Miss baseball what it is. He he has earned the right to go out on his own terms, whatever those terms might be. I agree with you. And, and, and any type of issue you might take, regardless, the, your expectations are what they are because of Mike Bianco and what he did for this. Program. Right, and and I think it, it gets to a point where um, it, you know the, it's going to be you have a a vocal portion of the fan base that understands what Ole Miss baseball has become. They're good every year. We think they're going to be really really good this year um, in terms of being you know, a top ten, top fifteen team, potentially a national seed. And you weigh that against you know, potentially if they if let's say they underachieve in the postseason again, let's say they win their regional but lose in the super regional, um, you're going to have you know you're gonna have a split fan base um, trying to figure out to argue for their side and, and their point. And I don't think it's going to be cost change or anything, but I think it's just going to be uh, a little toxic and a little um, a, a little you know angry for a while um, if that really comes to pass. My biggest storyline because it'll be the storyline for the whole year. When do they make the chancellor higher? Because of the overarching ramifications right. of that. When they make the chancellor higher, then you got to start talking about is will anything, if anything, happen to Ross Bjork? If something well, happened to Ross Bjork, would anything then happen to right. Matt Luke? And I, it's and just the ramifications me, are so significant. Now, I will say before I, before you chime yeah, in here, um, I've heard that a hire could not be made until twenty twenty. Now, I think the the hope is that uh, a hire will be made by June, but there are a lot of competing, pulling sides here for who will be the next Ole Miss chancellor. So that will be a storyline to follow, 
And whenever that hire is made, just the fallout from that as it trinkles and sprinkles on down for Ross Bjork, for Matt Luke, for whoever it might be, will be significant. So I think the Chancellor's story in 2019 will be the greatest storyline of the year. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I think that's probably right. But I also think, um, you know, let's say they get a Chancellor hired sometime late 2019. Um, there's so much focus about what that would mean for the athletic department, for Ross, for for Matt Luke. But I also think that if they hire the right guy as chancellor, Ole Miss has some other issues that aren't tied to athletics that are pretty important from a fundraising side, from an academic side, from a student recruitment side, that I think if you hire the right person, um, they're – you know, of course, they want athletics to be good. It's an important part of the deal. But I think there's going to be a big focus on fixing those things, too. So I think what when they get the chancellor in, what does that person decide to focus on first um, and where do their priorities lie? Because, you know, as important as it is for Ole Miss to have a good football program and a healthy athletic department, it's also important for Ole Miss to be able to fundraise at a level um, that hasn't been there the last couple of years. Their endowment is down. Um, you know, their student recruitment efforts in state are not good. Um, I think there's a lot of things on that side of the aisle that are very important as well. So I think it'll be interesting to see what a potential chancellor prioritizes first and what you can attack because you can only fight so many battles at once. Um, so I, I think that'll be interesting as well. Located at 1801 West Jackson Avenue, Suite D103 in Oxford, Jackson Beer Company provides Oxford with handcrafted customer service and superior beer knowledge in the northern Mississippi market. Open seven days a week. Stop by and see Alan Jackson and the gang Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m., Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m., and on Sundays from noon until 5. At Jackson Beer Company, we help you handcraft your next event. Whether it's a wedding, Greek event, office party, fundraiser, or other special special event, we offer discounts when you purchase in bulk. At Jackson Beer Company, it is our vision to provide Oxford and Northern Mississippi with handcrafted customer service and superior beer knowledge. We offer 10 different local and limited release beers on our growler station, so you will be able to enjoy draft beer at your home or at your next event. That's Jackson Beer Company, located at 1801 West Jackson Avenue, just off the Ole Miss campus in Oxford. Stop by and see them or give them a call today at 662-638- 3642. Jackson Beer Company is a proud supporter of Ole Miss Athletics. I know my boy Chase Parm has kind of been inserted into this whole Chancellor discussion by no fault of his own because of his discussion in regards to a candidate, Robert Robbins, who's at Arizona, an Ole Miss grad that's definitely a candidate. But like I said, there's competing sides for this, pulling in different directions, and that speaks again to the overall uh, seemingly mess that is Ole Miss right now to where there is no galvanizing one guy, even though a Robbins would be, in my opinion, pretty galvanizing. So that, that how those competing sides ultimately come to a consensus and where things end up will be fascinating. Yeah, and, and yeah I think it's that. very much a, just a weird Ole Miss Mississippi thing because, like, you know, I'm from South Carolina. Um, I live in Columbia where University of South Carolina is. There's no – IHL board, you know, they kind of go, they have their own process here for figuring out their, um, you know, their administration at, at that the level. The IHL was the, created in Mississippi so that no program in Mississippi, be it Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or Southern right. Miss, would get bigger than the others. It's the right. stupidest, most 
uncapitalistic it's, it's such approach a ever. such a foreign concept to me coming from somewhere else where that's just not a thing like there's it's just there's none of that drama there there's obviously a process in place and people have their choices but it's not um at the end of the day the people at South Carolina have you know they have the power to hire who they want to lead their university um, that's obviously not a th- real, you know, that's not how the process works. I love my state. I've li- I was born and raised here. I've lived here my entire life. I love Mississippi, but God, we just do so many things to be our own worst <laughs> enemy constantly. And it's, it's maddening and, and athletics, you know, to, to have to deal with an IHO board when Ole Miss should have complete control over what Ole Miss does. And the idea that it doesn't is, is just so stupid. It's right. Dumb. Exactly. Yeah. It's just completely dumb. The only other quick, as quickly as you can, succinctly as you can, Mr. Long Talker like Ben. Uh, last category here for 2019. What will be the galvanizing moment that allows this fan base collectively to breathe a sigh of, a sigh of relief and to just have a retor- return to normalcy, if only for a day? What will be that one moment to where you won't have the message boards and the online Ole Miss community at odds with each other. I mean, it's never been this fragmented in my many years covering or being around Ole Miss athletics. What will be the moment? Do you see one? Um, I don't know that I see one. I think it would have to be Ole Miss getting to Omaha. I think that's the only thing. Ooh, ooh. That's, I think that's the only thing that's realistic and possible that could also galvanize a fan base because if Ole Miss goes to Omaha and, and makes some noise – there's no more whining about Ole Miss underachieving in the postseason. There's no more. I don't, oh, I don't want to call it whining though. I don't. I, these people deserve the sure. Whining is probably not the right word, but I think the the issues there will go away. Um, the we haven't been to Omaha since this will go away. Um, the drama around Mike Bianco, whether real, fake, whatever, that will go away. But I, I don't think basketball is able to provide a galvanizing moment, and I think football is going to struggle to the point where. Um, I don't think there's a galvanizing moment there to be made um, because even if there's a coaching change, there are going to be different factions that want different guys. There's going to be a, a portion that are going to be upset that Matt Luke didn't get another year. So I think the only possible thing that's both realistic and whatever is Ole Miss to Omaha. He's Bennett Hip at Bennett Hip. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. This has been Talk of Champions, the 2019 preview. For the holiday season on the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. If you haven't already, make sure to download and check out Rebel Sports Radio. It's an app that's free to download in your iPhone or Android app store. And again, I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com. The next time I'll be back on this podcast, David Johnson will have returned from his much-deserved time off from the Ole Miss Spirit, from this podcast. He needed some time, and I'm glad he was able to get it. So we'll definitely have David Johnson back on, some guests returning as well. Ben and Hip, you're the man. Thank you for doing this, my friend. We'll talk soon. Absolutely.